Mike, fire up the git fiddle and pluck me out of tune while I wrangle this here show. Yee-haw, y'all! It's time for the Mythwits, the show dedicated to all things geek pop culture, drenched in absurdity, and coated with sarcasm. Every week, we bring on an industry guest to talk about the ever-expanding Geekoverse and to play a game with us. We do our damnedest to be funny, but there are no guarantees. I'm your host, Peter Bryant, and joining me this week is Mike Kafis. How you doing, you old scrote? <laughs> and our guest this week is Starla Hutchton. Hey, guys. Hey, Starla. <laughs> and I got her name right this time. Starla yes. is a geek of all trades, master of none, author in multiple genres, book cover designer, and occasionally spews words into the microphone as an audiobook narrator. Uh, she also does uh, book cover design as well. So, Starla, welcome back, returning guest. Yay, it's, it's exciting to be back here. I had so much fun last time, so good, glad to get good. to do it again. Well, <laughs> I hope you have fun this time, because we had so much fun reading your book. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Um, make Bright the Arrows. Make Bright the Arrows. Yeah. Book one. And series that? of many more that better be coming out. You better be already working on... <laughs> I am. I'm already working on the second one, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was pretty good. It was a pretty fun romp. But before we get into that, I, you know... You you gave me your show notes, and I was like, I was like, well, that is super interesting. Of course, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> you said that as part of your research, you got into bull riding and and rodeo somewhat, and you're sort of like an accidental fan. So tell 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 us this journey. Because <laughs> how does one become a rodeo fan by accident? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um. The, the main character in Make Bright the Arrows, Lena, is um, the entire story is told from her POV, and she's a fan of the rodeo. And I don't know where I got that idea in the first place, but I'm like, I don't really know anything about this. So in order to be able to talk about it, you know, within the book um, in a somewhat coherent manner, I had to do research. <laughs> and um, it started with, like, watching YouTube videos and stuff. Just like I wasn't really understanding like what was going on and then i discovered a documentary series on netflix called fearless <laughs> and it is about writers in the professional bull riding association um <laughs> and that, actually i've heard of that documentary yeah yeah it's really really good and i'm, I'm not a huge sports person um oh. but what this thing did is that it took the uh, bull riding it took it from being a sport to being a story <laughs> and that's the point that i was all in so um i got to know some of the writers in the documentary um and and learned you know about the actual sport and what they do and the physical demands and it just kind of didn't stop after that uh, we went to new mexico uh, my husband's uncle has a ranch and he's been involved in the rodeo and everything and so we when we got there on that friday he was watching pbr and i was so excited um because i got to sit there and ask him all these questions and this is like a very grizzled like vietnam war vet who I have never had anything in common with. Um, so, so this was like the first time that we were connecting on any level. And that was just amazing to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, after that, it just kind of, it got way out of control. <laughs> you know, I want to come back to that. We're going to have a, we're going to, we're going to talk about the, when we talk about the book, we're going to hit a one subject that I think this is going to tie into Mike. So when we, we get to the discussion that we we're talking about in pre-show, hit me up. Right, uh, because I want to. I'm, I'm putting a pen right here in this because I, I want to bring this up. It's really good. So 
it brings it all around. So, you know, my family's from West Virginia, right? Now, there's not a whole lot of rodeo in West Virginia, but it is, you know, it is, uh, it is, it's, it's country folk, right? Just a, they, a whole, not a whole lot of teeth, and not a whole lot of rodeo in West oh, Virginia. Oh, come on, man! That's <laughs> West by God, Virginia, my man. But uh, <laughs> almost heaven. But anyway, they, uh, you know, my family's. They did watch some rodeo. I mean, I never really got into it, but it, you know, I could see, I could see the draw. I mean, it's, it's. It's uh, it's very like interesting. NASCAR before there were cars, if you think about it, dude. NASCAR is boring compared to rodeo. Cars, oh, yeah. are, and know. it moves so fast. Like you, I mean, it's only an eight second ride for bull riding, yeah. you know, or for for a bareback riding, you know, the the Broncos and everything like that. Um, eight seconds is the mark, so it holds your attention and moves you on to the next thing right away. So for for people with the, <laughs> you know, that don't quite have the attention span, you know, sit there and watch them go around a track five hundred times. Um, rodeo is actually really great <laughs> nice you know mike you're gonna have a really hard time with this game the, the game sounds like it's yeah, getting harder and harder for you yeah i know and easier and easier for i don't know starla <laughs> <laughs> well fine we got a game we're gonna play later and it has to do with oh, the rodeo quick tease what is that called it's called rodeo or nodeo <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, oh, so, I'm so glad that I mentioned that in the, in the show notes that I gave you. I, <laughs> I am too. I saw that. And I was like, oh, I got our topic because we like to have like a like a general topic that ties into mm -hmm. whatever it, it is that, that uh, our artist is doing. It, it just it's just more fun that way because um, you come into the whatever it is you're doing, like like from the side, not from the front. And it's really cool that way. <laughs> All right. So, so what, what are we going to do? We're going to hit that first or we're going to are we going to talk about the book first? Because, you know, what? you know me. He already he made me in our notes and our show notes. He he warned me. He was like, dude, come on, slow down, man. We only have a little bit of time for the interview. No, I didn't say a little bit. I said we have 40 <laughs> minutes. I have questions. All right. Okay. So then real quick, let me let me burn through the rodeo questions real quick. Okay. All right. So, All right. so you said you had favorite writers. Who's your favorite writer? Um, right now, my favorite writer is a Brazilian by the name of Kaique Pacheco. Um, he's actually nice. currently ranked number one. He didn't start off the year real great, but he's he's got it right now so we're about to go into the second half of the season so i'm super excited <laughs> and now you know i was doing a little research on rodeo and women used to be in the in the early days women were fully incorporated into the whole thing and mm -hmm. then a couple women got killed during competition and then they yep. banned women from most of the stuff are women back into most of it or is it still kind of restricted so that's kind of funny that you bring that up because this past week I spent uh, mainlining all of. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a uh, streaming service called uh, Ride Pass, <laughs> and and I am a subscriber. <laughs> everything I do, I'm I'm just a wait, nerd. Wait. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know when I hear Ride Pass, I think there's a swipe left or right in there somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. So, but they uh, sent out an email that um, they because there's like Ride TV, right? And mm -hmm. they do all the rodeo and all that stuff. Um, but they sent out an email saying that now on Ride Pass you could watch this series called Cowgirls. And what this is, and, and these these ladies were actually just on, um, I think it was Good Morning America talking about this. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a it follows a group of. Um, I think there's like nine of them total over the course of the season um, that are doing like exhibition um, Bronco riding. Um, and so this is like a new kind of reintroducing them. And at the beginning of the series, it gives a little history on uh, on the cowgirls and everything and how they used to be a part of it. And and uh, yeah, like you said, uh, one of the women specifically, one of the women got killed and they just kind of 
they they axed it. So now they're trying to bring it back, which I think is amazing. And watching these women uh, go at it full tilt like this is just incredible to to see them progress throughout throughout the series. And there's a season two coming, so um, I'm excited for that one. And I followed cool. them all on Instagram because, like I said, huge nerd. That's cool. <laughs> so so I have you ever ridden a mechanical bull? <laughs> No, <laughs> I have. That would require me yeah, leaving the house. So it's got to be on your bucket list, right? It is. It's kind oh, of on yeah. my bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually ridden. I have ridden a mechanical cow when I was young. We lived in Florida when I was when I was a young man, and my uh, my mom and her boyfriend used to go to the bars all the time. And there was this one bar that had a mechanical bull. Now they didn't crank that thing up like the adults because I was only like eight or nine. But this is back when you know you take your kid to a bar with you at night, you know whatever, uh, <laughs> and put him now on the mechanical said Florida, bull. Right? I think they right. still yeah. do that. <laughs> right? Probably. Probably. But yeah, so I've I've actually ridden one. Mike, you ever been on a? I have not. No. Of course, uh, you, you I, have felt a bull on your rear end, though, right? We, we discovered yes, this last week. Last week of story time, yes. I, the I the did. bull rode you. And I was. I was bucked by a bull right over a fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have a fondness for them, but I also don't have – well, I have a fondness for horses, but I was also dragged by a horse. But I would still get on. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so, you live on a farm, though. You know, you're eight years old. There's a you learn things. You only have yeah. to experience things once, and you learn. Right. Just ask Dennis. All right. So there was one other thing I ran across when I was doing my research, and this one I just thought was I, I won't stay on this. This is just funny. So right, this cracked me up when I saw this. So you know, you know how you have like you have like uh, uh, um, what are the skate um, when you have skaters the, the girls are following around uh, Betty. So you have skate Betty's. You have. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, snow bunnies, or these are all just terms. I'm not. Are you, you know. gonna bring up the Monster Energy Girls? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm gonna bring Peter up. Has them? <laughs> well, I I believe it. No, I was gonna bring up Buckle Bunnies. That cracked me up when I saw that. I was like, Are you kidding me, Buckle Bunnies? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, Really? <laughs> I just thought it was that, funny. That's something that Lena. Uh oh, she could. That's. Uh. I I oh, Lena? Oh, she would Oh, she would probably have... Hmm. Yeah, she, she would have something to say buckle. about that. Look, like, to say, you know, oh, look at them there. They're trying to be Buckle Bunny. You know, have something bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she'd have an attitude about it, for sure. Buckle Bunny? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. She would come and want to meet her, her favorite, you know, rodeo person. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, one of you. And she's like, I know, I know Buckle Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. I I'd never actually heard that term before, but yeah, I absolutely buy that, and I think it's book great. two. <laughs> Put it in book two. <laughs> yeah, that that might have to happen. Right, that's awesome. All right, so <laughs> hey, so why you know let let's get into the interview on on the book then. So the book is is make make bright the arrows, and uh, uh, how does this relate to that book in any way, Star? I don't you know what what could this do with a with a futuristic book? I mean, rodeos. So- <laughs> <laughs> my my whole concept for this book is that I so I, I don't read a lot of hard science fiction because it just it tends to get a little too lost in the weeds for my personal taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted I, I had this idea and it was actually about Lila that I had the original concept. It's like, oh, this would be so cool. Um, and the whole story kind of built itself around there. But I wanted to tell a story not from the point of view of like a scientist or a super technical person, um, kind of more just like a blue collar 
everyday kind of person that, you know, doesn't care how the tech works. She just wants to push a button and get it done. She shoots things and she does the heavy lifting. Um, and, and so I, I think, I think that came across pretty well in the books. Um, yeah. She has a very distinct voice, unlike anything I've ever written before, um, which I've never actually done space opera before either. So um, yeah, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> right. She's, really... she's like, she's like happily simple. And I don't mean simple in a, like dumb, simple, simple yeah, as in like a basic, dumb. normal. No, no, no. She's not she's, dumb. Yeah. She's, she's just, just a normal person. No nonsense. Right. She's no nonsense. And she's, she's happy to know what she knows and she doesn't, you know, need to like, you know, she's like, I ain't one of them tech types. I do what I do and I know what I do and I like it and I'm good at it. Right. That mm-hmm. kind of, you know, which yeah. is cool. She was, she was a cool character. I liked her. Yeah. So, so, so many of my characters tend to be very, um, look more intellectual types. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a, a good example of like, nothing is coming to me off the top of my head, but this, like I said, this was a very, very different character for me to write. Cause she's not like, you know, this upper class, highly educated person. Um, like, like I said, she's very much roll up her sleeves, get her done. Yep. Right. So we, Mike and I were both reading the book and Mike, I'm gonna let you go ahead. You go through this process. Cause we talked about this. Okay. What, what right. did you and I encounter that was kind of interesting? We were just like, Oh, well, check it out. Well, you know, you and I have many things in common, you know, being best buds, best friends and everything else. But you know what? We share something that, you know, sometimes we share things we're not very proud of. And that would be, you know, a little bit more male privilege than we'd even like to admit we have. And, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. So I'm, I'm just, you know, and I'm listening to this book and having a great time. And all of a sudden, at some point, I'm like, Ev- everyone's female. Ev- everyone. And, and it wasn't like, hey, wait a minute. No, yeah. not at all. It was just everyone's female, huh? Huh? Why? Why wouldn't I have? Why, why is that even? Why? Why am I having this feeling? Why? Uh, what? What is going on here? And yeah. so it, it put. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, we froze. A bunch of girls. And I... Oh, I froze. Oh no. Yeah. All right. I'm no, not frozen now. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Keep going. Okay. Okay. No, I just I kept you know and but I kept going with it and. Uh, we we both had a talk and we were just like, oh man, I hope it wasn't like I hope it's not like a complete agenda, but and it seems like oh, and, and then of course we were a little bit like, oh, I hope it doesn't like turn into like it's just a mail bashing book, which it wasn't, and it's not. Totally we wasn't. put that out there right now, yeah. And you know, it was very well balanced, and we ended up loving it. Um, to that end, I thought it was, and we had this long discussion about this. I was like, Pete, I really, I would like to put something out there about this because it's not like I want to take away from the book and talk, and we're not going to go down a rabbit hole on male privilege and we're, we're on, you know, equality and anything else. We are just going to say that interesting that as males, you know, it, it, it hit us like that. Yeah. Right? Well, for me, you know what it is, Mike? For me, it was that I noticed it and I was like, and I just realized at that, that instant that I was noticing it, that like, if this was all guys, this is what, this is what was interesting right. to me. I was like, yeah. I noticed this about myself, and I caught it right away. And I was like, wow, that was that was a cool feeling. I was like, if this had been all guys, I would never even have noticed it. Would not have questioned. Would even notice it. I would just read the book. It would have never even occurred to me that that was the case. And as I was reading, I'm just like, wow, really? Yeah. And I'm like, damn. And then I was like, wait a minute, why am I even noticing this? And then I was like, huh. And then I went on the rest of the book. That was it. I mean, I was yeah. like, pretty much. It just it right. it kind of stopped me for a second, and then I was like, ah, that's neat. And then I kept going. 
So I found out a little something about myself. Thank you, Starla. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome. If I can educate and entertain at the same time, you know. But but this is where this is where I'll bring it back around. Remember the pen? I'm pulling the pen out. Um, So like when when you were hanging out with your grizzled old uh, uncle, what was it? Uh, It's my uncle in law, I guess. Okay, fine. Yeah, sure. Um, I would imagine that, you know, you were probably maybe had a little preconceived, you know, maybe like, oh, it's not going to be a good thing. And you get down there and you start talking to him. And I'm not sure that that's your case here, but it could easily be that way with anyone. They go into an uh, uh, an environment that is kind of like, I don't know, sort of alien to the way they normally are. And then they realize, oh, wow, I can have a good time with this person. I never thought I'd be able to have a good time with. And you're like... I, you know, there was a little bit of prejudgment on my end on that, you know, and then you, not that you lived off of it or that it bugged you or anything, but it was there and you notice it and you go, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, I think it was actually more after the fact that I was reflecting on it because at the time I was just so excited that here was a person that I could ask all of these questions and you could just see him light up because nobody else in the family gave Two craps <laughs> about PBR. And here I come in just asking, you know, how do they do the scoring? You know, how does it work? What are you looking for with the writer and, and all of these things? And he was just as excited as I was. And yeah, it wasn't really until after the fact uh, when I was talking to his wife, you know, about how he and she was just remarking like how much he had enjoyed the visit and and how animated he was um so it, and so it wasn't really until that point that i gave it any thought at all right um it was just really cool to be able to connect with somebody on that level it's like i said i mean nerds just do that when there yeah. is something we love and we know that there's this other person that loves that too it's like bam instant connection and we don't care anymore <laughs> we latch on like Hi, uh-huh. person. I <laughs> person who talks about the same thing I talk about. Yeah, yeah, I do that. At, I do that at work sometimes. I have a couple of nerd friends at work, and we'll start nerding out about something. And one of the other guys that I work that we work with will be like, uh, "Okay," and they'll walk away because it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did we did we just do that? We did that, didn't we?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So. I, I was uh, I saw a, either a tweet I think it was a tweet you had and you were talking about the um, the someone who sang at the the opening ceremonies right someone <laughs> sang the, the Star Spangled Banner or something right yeah. and, I, and I'm like and I was like you were like yeah at the PBR I could do better than that and I'm like <laughs> I'm like perhaps remember this is where I first got yeah. exposed to like okay like, wait, this she's is a, a hipster what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, Google, tell me, PBR. Can you run a cross check on PBR, please? <laughs> and I'm like, professional bull riders. And I'm like, uh, no. Mm, yes. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was, it was one of those things that I was like, you know, PBR is ever looking for someone to sing that can stay on key and, you know, all this, you know, I'm available. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would definitely, that's, that would, be like one of the highlights of my bucket list. <laughs> you never, right. hey, such a dork. <laughs> five years ago, five years ago, would you would you believe that you were saying that? Um, I've I've kind of learned to say never will I never. <laughs> I don't say <laughs> right. that anymore <laughs> right. because I used to say never will I write romance. You know, never will I write sci-fi. Like, just stop. <laughs> so I don't right. I don't say those things anymore. But yes, no, it's it's definitely surprising. I was watching uh, because PBR is in the off season. I was watching the rodeo 
um, a couple of weeks back and my, my husband walks into the living room and I start telling him about, you know, the barrel racing times and the steer wrestling. And he just looks at me and goes, who are you? Nice. <laughs> awesome. It was, hey, it was funny. we find our joys in the weirdest <laughs> places. One. A lot of different events going on. Anything else? Any other events you? Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. That would be cheating, wouldn't it? Stop it, Mike. All right. So, Starla, um, Spence has a couple questions. First off, what is the most difficult word or phrase that you've run into during your narration? <laughs> oh, I've I've got a great one that I can never say right the first time, so I have to say it slowly. It's soldiers' shoulders. Like the, oh. it's freaking impossible and i've done it to myself <laughs> other people have done it to me as a narrator like it's it's terrible and i hate it i'm gonna have yeah. to write that into my next live reading and everyone will have to have it <laughs> at some point that they get hit with it and be like god damn it because i tripped coolie up this year uh and her, second, her second one is what is your favorite accent to do for funsies oh for funsies well i had a great time doing an irish accent for the book and i've nice. done it a few times but but uh, my twins were my favorites, I think. Yeah, cool. I did like them. They sounded <laughs> so like you were having fun with them. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I, I, I ask you, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I didn't mean to cut no. you off. Good. <laughs> oh, I was like, I don't. I don't even really know why that one. That one particular accent is just so fun. It's just like my. And anytime I had to do another book where I was like, I had to narrate a bunch of dwarves, and uh, <laughs> and and that was just like what I reverted to and. I don't know. Um, sometimes it devolves into a British accent, which is strange, or vice versa. I... <laughs> well, right. it, I, I, do you ever have issues with the delineating between the Irish and then like a Scottish? Um, I struggle with Scottish because it's kind of it's it's somewhere in between, and I can't yeah. quite nail it down. Um, even though I've I've heard it just as much as I've heard the Irish accent. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't quite nail that one down, <laughs> and I, I haven't so much attempted it yet. <laughs> you hear that, Pete? A professional voice voice actor, and she's having trouble with the Scottish accent. He wanted uh, he wanted me to do a Scottish accent for a read one time, and um, <laughs> I spent all week listening on Facebook or you know I mean on um, on YouTube listening to the accent, and then I get around this all all someone had to do was start talking in a French and an English accent, and I lost it completely. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah, that's true. That's true. It turned into a Baltimore accent. He went from he went from uh, supposed to be Scottish to hey dear now I'm gonna tell you what <laughs> it's like oh god but it was you know it was what it was. Um, so so Mike is frozen at the moment so I'm gonna continue. Uh, you had uh, now it, the people will notice that this obviously has some. Uh, similarities to Firefly, but in the mm. pre-show we were talking about it, that isn't what was the big inspiration for this book. Yeah, it was actually Silverado, which is an amazing movie and it's got a fantastic cast. Um, so if people have not seen this, they definitely need to go watch this. Um, it's Kevin Costner and Kevin Klein and um, uh, um, Danny Glover and um, now I'm completely blanking on the rest of them at the moment but um yeah like it's it's just this amazing movie and, and there's some serious bits in it um but yeah i was i was watching this movie and i was like oh i wonder what this would look like you know like if there's a female version of silverado out there someone and i can't there there's some like female based westerns but nothing that quite captures the feeling of like silverado um right. so they they always say you know write the kind of story that 
you want to read. And that's right. what I did. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of inspiration from Firefly and kind of a lot of the same sort of format with the cast and things. But um, yeah, the, I, I even have a section in there. Um, there's a, uh, in, in Silverado, there's a bit about, they're always asking, where, what, where's the dog, Payton? <laughs> so in Make Bright the Ears, I actually have a little homage to that um, story about a cat. So <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, um, there, I can't remember what the movie was, but I know what you're talking about. There was one, and I think it had uh, Sharon Stone in it, and and it wasn't. It just wasn't like I felt like they cheaped out. They had they had good talent in the movie. They had like a really lot of good talent in the movie, but the story was really lacking. And I'm just like, you know, your story was great. I mean, it was fantastic. Like I'm like, well, they should have made this. You know, <laughs> like it should have been <laughs> more think, like this. Are you this. talking about? There's a movie called Bad Girls. Yeah, oh, it was, it was, and about? it was bad. I and, haven't and been I able to find it anywhere. I keep looking for it. It's it's not. Look, when you find it, just be prepared. <laughs> don't have real high expectations. Oh, I mean, no, I again, don't. <laughs> I, again, I, I'm not I, I'm not saying anything bad about the talent. That the, they got talented people in it. They gave them a crappy script, and it was just like, oh, why do you do that? You know, it's like mm-hmm. I I just get mad at movies when they hire bad writers. I mean, there's been so many really good movies that could have been really good. And they get these bad writers like, no, all your money needs to go to the writers. All, everything else is secondary. Writer one, special effects two or three or four, somewhere down the line, you know, <laughs> but writers should be your most important thing. Cause that is the story. Right. But, and yeah. So above, above all, that was really it for me, you know, regardless of the characters that were in it, it had to be a good story because it was mm-hmm. not a good story. Nobody's going to care, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so, true. Give us, uh, we, we've not spoiled anything, but we've explained that it's an all-female cast. We've explained a little, well, why don't you kind of give us your, the, um, I guess, what would you call this? The, your trailer. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my trailer? My, yeah. my elevator pitch? Sure, yes. <laughs> well, no, let's go pitch. more than an elevator. We're going to go More than for- an elevator pitch. Okay, so Make Bright the Arrows is a space opera with a Western flair. Um, it, it involves a crew of ladies that are on a retrieval ship, and what they do is they go around and they pick up goods that have been illegally seized by other parties or like held for ransom. They also transport goods from place to place, and they stumble across... Um, just from reading the blurb, you can you can see this, so it's not really a spoiler. Uh, Lena comes across a girl who has been left in a cellar, and her guardian has been murdered. Um, so they are all they're all kind of misfits in themselves. So they've sort of taken this girl to find her a safe place to go, and that's when things start getting weird. <laughs> so Trouble I kinda, ensues. I was like, oh, it's it's sort of a, and, and of course, you know. It, how, how can you there are no tr- more tropes to invent, you know, right? There's no more new stories to tell. And that's that's fine. It's how you tell the ones that, you know, you're a special one and how you mix them. But I'm like, oh, there's like a golden child, you know, aspect to this. And uh, and um, yes, there was also the um, the aspect of just in, in Firefly and Serenity mm-hmm. as well, that she was her own <laughs> definite, um, you know, uh, golden child. But I mean, this definitely had like a golden child kind of a theme to it, mm-hmm. which think of of that too so uh why don't you i would like to kind of go through some of the the crew um and maybe because if if anyone hasn't started reading the book yet you're going to introduce these maybe um you talking about them may 
help people to better understand and have a little bit more insight than say Pete and I had going in? How do we, would, would be- <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about the crew a little bit. So uh, we've, we've talked quite a bit about Lena, um, who is the one telling this story. It's all in her voice and she's very Southern. (laughs) (laughs) Only only she's from, you know, a different planet. So not really Southern, but she's got that twang. Um, so, so she's, she's like, I, we've, like we were talking about before, you know, she's very blue collar, roll up her sleeves, get her done. Um, she is the muscle. She's a hired gun basically. Um, then you've got uh, the uh, highest ranking person on, well, it's not military, uh, would be Edie. And uh, we do not call her the captain because she does not like that. And it is not explained in the book. I have a short story in mind that I would like to um, explain all of that. But um, all of the crew kind of has their little quirks. And Edie will get lost from time to time in thought. And you have to kind of be careful talking to her during those um points in time because any little thing can, you know, trigger her to be really angry. Um, so, but she is very no nonsense, get her done. She's practical um, mm-hmm. above all else. And knowledgeable. She's experienced. Yes. Very experienced, very seasoned. Um, the next one, um, you don't find out a whole lot about Vera. Um, Vera doesn't talk very much, um, at least not to Lena. Um, she has a very different relationship with Lila. Um, who is the girl that they find in the cellar <laughs> um, without going into too much detail, I suppose. Um, it's she, she's uh, she, she sees something in Lila that um, is, makes them very kindred spirits right. to one another. There um, is a connection. There is a connection. Yes. Right. Um, and I, I actually do explore that a little bit more in book two, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, Vera doesn't say too much, but it's important. She she kind of feels very like silent Bob-ish to me. So when she does say something, it's important and she doesn't waste words. You know, she says what needs to be said and moves on. Is Vera one of the twins? No, Vera is the, I guess you would call her second in command. She's the sharpshooter. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so like her her favorite weapon is her, is her sniper rifle. Right. Um, then you have... Uh, uh, Dr. Jasmine Cole, we call her Doc, and she's the one with the British accent uh, in the book. If you're listening to the audiobook, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she her her backstory is explained a little bit in in the book. Um, you kind of know where she's coming from, and above all, she wants to do no harm. But sometimes the having good intentions does not necessarily translate to um, what happens. <laughs> right. um, so yeah, she uh, Lena calls her the patron saint of the Nancy. Um, she patches everybody up. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see who's next. Uh, Cynthia Daniels is your pilot, um, and she she's very she's an odd cookie. I picture her a lot, kind of like Tank Girl. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so right. that that was a little bit of my inspiration for her, but um, it, in listening to the audiobooks, you're, you'll hear she kind of has a a bit of a Valley Girl accent a little yeah. bit. Um, but it doesn't make her less competent. She's one of the best pilots that you'll find. Um, let's see. Then there, um, are we down to the twins? I think we're down to the twins. Yes, we're down yeah. to the twins. Yep. Okay. And, but then there's Kara and Lila still, but <laughs> this, is, this is a very like difficult cast yeah. to juggle yeah. because there's so many of them. Um, the twins, um, is, uh, Anita and JC and they are the co-mechanics, um, 
basically JC has all these ideas for improvement and she goes in and breaks everything. So it's Anita's job to come in and fix it. And <laughs> she implements all the ideas. So they work really well together, but they're fighting all the time. Like it's just constant bickering. Yeah. It's great. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, they're a lot of fun to write. So, so um, one, one is the dreamer and the other is the maker. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a um, jobs. Um, uh, uh, Wozniak. <laughs> Yeah, Jobs and Wozniak. It's right, a little okay. bit of like that. Yeah. Um, and then one person that doesn't get introduced until a little bit later in the book um, is Kara Monroe, who is kind of their business arranger. Like she does all the contracts and everything. So a lot of times she's not actually on the ship. She's on a planet somewhere, you know, getting jobs and arranging things. And right. and uh, she's she's very much like a Southern Belle. Which is different right. than like Southern Redneck. <laughs> the accents are very different. <laughs> so and I did. So I she, liked her. I liked so her. Is she, I, is she you know, part of the crew? She is part of the crew. She actually owns the ship jointly with Edie. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry. I cut you off, buddy. That was the impression I got. No, I was gonna say that was the kind of the impression I got. Like she's she's earned her her right to be up the high and make those deals and mm-hmm. have a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so she she shakes all the hands that Edie doesn't want anything to do with. Um, and, uh, then lastly, the we fixer. have Lila. He's the fixer. She's the fixer. <laughs> she smiles and is pretty and, and makes everybody think that, oh, she's just this, you know, fragile little thing and she will probably cut you. <laughs> right. <Okay. laughs> and, uh, last we have Lila, who is, like I said, that's the girl that they find in the cellar and she has some very odd quirks and it is one particular quirk of hers that started the whole idea of this book for me um and <laughs> it's it, 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 it was great it was it was so much fun to try to correlate so her her little quirk i'll just go ahead and say her little quirk is that she spews she spouts bible verses so yes. that really explained why until closer to the end but it's right. just it's very creepy she's 15 in the book but she is small so she comes off as younger like lena thinks she's about 13 maybe um uh. so it's kind of creepy listening to this childlike voice whisper these bible verses and then something weird happens <laughs> right and and they're not you know i was listening to it and i, and I was like <clears throat> it sounds like bible verses and i've you know, i've read the bible on unfortunately but it has um the the bible has like you know these verses that everybody knows i didn't recognize hardly any of these right so that was kind of cool you know they weren't ones mm-hmm. but i was like god and 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 it's even mentioned in the book when they notice it you know that uh it sounds bible right but nobody yeah. says oh that's you know whatever matthew yeah no you know, i, I don't blah, name blah. specific verses and stuff i mean right. i have a list of them that i kept sure. for my own personal information but um there's some actual sites out there that there's a site that i would go to where i would type in a specific word um because i knew kind of what it was going to be attached to so i was like well let me look up this word and see what comes up and then i would pick the one that i thought would sound the creepiest <laughs> nice nice, nice. Yeah. And and that's that's the ah I'm not gonna give it away never mind uh, <laughs> I'll I'll leave Here's that alone. Thing. Here's the thing. At first I was like, why aren't why isn't anyone mentioning this? And then it occurred to me, oh nobody really wants to. Everyone wants to pretend they're not even hearing it. Right. <laughs> like, I think I would do the same thing too. Like so anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. And then you realize later, holy shit! Wait a minute. She said something, so something was supposed to have happened. So what happened that 
she said that right yeah right. I, you know what i'm talking about it i'm not giving anything right. away but i I, right. I just well you know that i know what's going <laughs> you know. on all right sorry I, <clears throat> let's yeah, not let's let's not even accidentally give anything away so speed track Tell me about the speed track. I thought that was kind of cool. It's a cool name. I mean, I get that that's how they travel faster than light, but I mean, what what, is, what do you have in your mind about the speed track? So I was kind of picturing something, if you've read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, <laughs> where where they are clearing away Earth, you know, to, to make room for this, you know, intergalactic freeway thing. <laughs> right. So that was kind of what I had in mind when um, I was doing it. Basically, nice. I, I have, what I have pictured is just, you know, these series of very large structures um, that are kind of open, but they contain this uh, highway that's sort of invisible, but sort of not. And I, I don't know. I don't go really too like deep into the tech because it's not important to the story. Right. Not important it just to the story. Works. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Here, here's, here's where, like, Pete and I are gearheads. So... <laughs> I, like I have a list of a few things I wanted to ask you about, and if there's anything in your, you know, you know your universe bible that you're working on, or have you know expanded on, then then you can go ahead and talk about it. If not, then eh, maybe some food for thought. Maybe you want to expand on it. Um, first thing uh, after the speed track would be like uh, like the plasma saw because you did cover that a good bit, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to envision like well, obviously it was a it's a it's it's not just like a um, what do you call it? like a lightsaber or anything? It mm -hmm. literally like a piece of metal that probably is is like uh, or a. Well, uh, I, I picture it more like a um a, a welder's tool, like what they right. would use. Um, basically, it's just so hot, it's just melting things. It doesn't necessarily have to have this big, you know, right thing that extends out and literally saws through it. But she talked about taking blades and switching blades out. So I'm thinking that there is some sort of a, a piece that goes on that this piece of metal and it, oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, okay. There's a lot of times that Mike thinks he hears things. Just, <laughs> it's fine. Just, just humor, humor him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I basically pictured it more like a, like a, a welding tool that was just right. hot enough to cut through these metal, um, mm -hmm. sides of these, you know, ships and everything. So cool. All right. And what about the guns? Like, there, is there anything particular about the bullets or, you know, the projectiles or how they work? You know, I, I'm kind of of the, if it ain't work, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Um, and even in like Firefly, they're just using regular old guns. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why? Totally I, I don't necessarily need to change that because that will kill you just as readily as, you know, a laser blast. <laughs> guns are super efficient. How far into the future are we? Um, I think I've pegged it in 5,000. Lila at some point says how old she is and what year she was born. It's like she was born in like 5129 or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, this is pretty Seems far afield. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I, – I, I don't think I'm in any danger of running afoul of <laughs> nah. the technology is going to catch up to that. Not in my right. lifetime. I don't right, care. Right. <laughs> And exactly. even if it would normally surpass it, there's enough time and stuff that could have happened that it could have gone back down again a little bit to get where it needs to be to where it is now. Yep. So. So Fantastic. anything else, Pete? Any other uh, technologies you were thinking of or anything you noticed? No, no, I was just, you know what? I, I was following along. You know, I mean, I was a little curious what kind of guns they were using because she never says, but it doesn't matter. It, like, it doesn't matter. They're guns. It's a gun. You point it, you shoot it. People die. They don't die. Didn't matter. I and I did. I pictured bullets. I figured they were shooting bullets because you know. Mm -hmm. I did. I mean, shit. I I pictured Lena with two six six shooters. You know, I mean, that's 
That's just yeah, how well, I, I mean, that she. The, I say a couple times that she has pistols at her hips, and that's exactly yep. what I was, you know, thinking of. Yep. I talk about she has a shotgun, you know. Right. That, um, yeah, so I, I, I do. I just picture regular bullets because if you're busy inventing space travel <laughs> and spaceships, right. you know, you don't necessarily need, you know, sometimes you know, just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, you know, Mike, I don't have any other, uh, no other tech questions. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, well, I mean, you had some questions here. They're, they're a little deep and we're getting to like nine 42. All right. So... Well, I will pick one of these two that okay. I will ask. Also, we had, um, Scott Pond, our big, our buddy, oh, yes. our Scott. big lovable buddy is in the chat room. And he had asked, he said, what is your favorite story hook or trope that you like to twist and use in your writing? Oh gosh. Um, What's like asking? What is what is your secret, right? <laughs> what is my secret? Um, um, I, I take stories that are all about dudes and I tell them about women instead. Um, I, <laughs> Works um, because well, I do. I have an entire series of flipped fairy tales. They are gender flipped retellings of fairy tales, um, and I, I guess in a way that's what I've done here. But it's not. I don't know. For for me, it's it's about telling a good story and not necessarily about what's in someone's pants. I guess like uh, <laughs> that's right. It shouldn't be. No, which is why right. I, I noticed that scrote was used uh, interchangeably <laughs> between men and women. Yeah, yeah, like, it, it, it's like calling somebody dude. I call everybody dude. It doesn't matter, you know. It's, like, it's just what I do. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah. That, that's a non-gender specific <laughs> insult. <laughs> I I call every I call everybody dude. I call my wife dude. I mean, she like do something. I'll be like dude, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, did you just right. call me dude? I'm like, yeah, I called you dude. Dude's. Dude's dude. I call my daughter dude. Yeah, I call inanimate objects dude. So yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Look at your computer, dude. Computer. Right. Why? Dude, come on. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So yeah. I will ask this particular question, and uh, it's it's a little heavy. We'll see. We'll see where you want to go with it. Um, you you may abstain. You may object. You may plead the fifth. But. Uh, <clears throat> Are there things like either behaviors or customs or norms that you wanted to include in your universe um, that maybe you later you decided to change due to either conflicts or current cultural, economical or political climates? Uh, And inversely, is there anything that you felt needed to be added? So in other words, did you have to take anything out or did you say, oh, no, no, I have to put something in? So one of the things that I thought about a lot with writing this book is that Lena who is the narrator um, is not a straight female. She, she is most definitely a lesbian. Um, And that's just who she was. It doesn't really make any difference to the story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was hesitant about that at first, wondering if maybe I should change that because I didn't, didn't want to get it wrong mostly. Um, But uh, there, there's a lot of, (laughs) and as as I was thinking about it, I was like, well, you know, the, the, the current climate right now for, you know, LGBTQ people, it can be very hostile Um, and and it's getting better slowly. We're, we're making steps towards that. But um, my, my feeling on it was that, I mean, this is like, I'm going to be like 3000 years in the future plus at this point. And I feel like people would have found a whole other mess of reasons to hate each other than than things like skin color or, you know, orientations. (laughs) It's like, what planet are you from? 
exactly. <laughs> it's like, right. like Lena herself is very derogatory about people from the, the central systems. Um, she right. thinks they're very privileged and she just kind of turns up her nose at them. Um, yeah. And the, the same is, you know, true for them that people from the central systems like, oh, backwater planet is this girl from, you know? Um, so yeah, they, they found different reasons to hate each other, but there's nothing culturally I shied away from. Like one of the, one of the men that's actually in the book, um, I picture him as being Korean. Lena doesn't know this. It's not something that's discussed. Um, I picture him as being Korean. She thinks, oh, this sounds kind of like Chinese, but I don't know Chinese. So whatever. Um, right. but I actually pictured it as Korean <clears throat> in my head. Um, <laughs> whether or not that translates to the book, I don't know. But yeah, because humanity has spread out so far just within the galaxy, it seemed silly to shy away from doing anything. You know, I mean, they, they all have these different accents, but I figure, you know, people from different countries, you know, have settled on different planets and in these different colonies. Um, so you may have concentrations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, there wasn't anything that I really shied away from, um, including... Um, aside from my initial hesitation to write a character that was something other than what I am. So, right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, um, talking about like things that people might fight about in the future. Uh, I was, I was playing, uh, we were playing, a, uh, one of these games, the cyberpunk era, but it was cyberpunk, a little bit beyond cyberpunk where there were people living in space and I was playing a character that spent most of his life in space and he had, he had this really distaste for people, uh, who lived on planet side and he, he called him he, he called him dirt dwellers. So whenever I was playing him, and he would you know he he wanted to be you know like he was dealing with somebody who's who's from planet side. He'd be like, "You you damn dirt dwellers! You just don't get it, do you?" <laughs> right? So, so it's like I could see I could see this. Well, it was, he wasn't a belter, but it was the same kind of idea, right, Mike? It is the same kind of ideas. But this was before I got into the expanse. I was like, that was a really nice thing about the expanse that that when I was watching, I was like, oh, I can relate with these belters. I've played a character like them. So mm. that was kind of cool. Um, well, all right. So I definitely want to say that the audio production was wonderful. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, so good. Uh, by the end, <laughs> I it was like, oh, I, there's there's wrap up. I'm hearing wrap ups. There's <laughs> going to be leaving, and I'm not ready for them to leave. I need more of this. Just as I was feeling comfortable. So I, I think that that in and itself is a testament to how well you did, and I I commend you on that. Bravo. Yes. It was Thank very you good. very much. Well, I, I can't take all of the credit for that because James Melzer produces my audio and he makes me sound fantastic. So, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to James because he does a great job. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I got I to tell you, the, the narration of that was really fantastic. It was it was really, really good. Um, and the fact that you read your own book and you did all the voice. Now, do you do the voices one at a time or do you like literally jump from voice to voice? As much as I can, like, so narrating an audiobook with this many voices and, and like a conversation between eight or nine people and all of them have different voices, you start to forget who you are. But no, <laughs> so I will, I will read them and I go straight down the book and I, if I mess up, I back up and I go again and I may be halfway down the page and it's like, oh, no, I'm reading this entire passage with an Irish accent and this is all Lena. <laughs> so right. yeah, I, I, I make mistakes, but like I said, James fixes it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Bravo. Good. Yeah. Good oh, job. Pete, by the way, before we go on to the game, I will say that next year's reading at Balticon, because evidently this is now a, a new thing. We have got right. to get started in on the reading. Oh yeah. Down. <laughs> Down with that. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I could totally do that. Maybe, maybe if we if we raise the uh, 
the the level of our uh, of our guests, not like have a uh, Jonathan or uh... <laughs> Jonathan. What? Yeah, I mean uh, John. Um, what's his name? John. John Walker. Oh, come on. John Walker's our buddy. What are you yeah, doing? Banging on John. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah, he, he does what he drives the entire cast off the rails. Okay. Oh, that he, was- well, okay. Fair enough. He he might have done that. He might. <laughs> He might have driven I us. This. I have say that out of love and jest, and yeah. everyone needs to know that. But you know what? I love that he drove it into the dirt. That was perfect. Hey, at least it wasn't me this time. That's all I yeah. have to say. Wasn't me. Because we were we were like going along nice and smooth, yes. and then John starts reading, and it's like, oh great, it's a homoerotic thriller now. Fantastic! <laughs> I hadn't realized I hadn't written it like that, but. Hey, that's where we are now. And I just roll with it. I'm like, all right, whatever. That's what it is now. That's, it wasn't that, but now it is. And it was funnier that way. Because <laughs> no, you never know when, where, or how it's going to go off the rails. It's the best. Right. It's probably the best reading of all of Balticon now. All right. We love it. We love it. I just, I just wait. I give them, I write a serious script. So I write a serious script, but then they start putting annotations on it. Right. And they're just like, they're like, Pete, you wrote, th- what, what are you writing? I'm just like, if you read it straight, like normal, like how I wrote it, it wouldn't be that you're turning it into this. This is all you guys, you know, because they're like, the guy says, hey, come over here. Let me have a look at you. You know, and it's, it's not supposed to be. It, OK, it's supposed to be. Hey, come over here. Let me have a look at you. Not. Hey, come over here. Let me have a look at you. Because that's what they do. And, but that makes it funny. It makes it funny. You should know better. You should know better. It's fine. I, you know what? I'm totally good with it. I'd go for it. <laughs> you can you can make it crazy as you want. I'm good. All right. So Starla, let's let's give them some links. Let's say uh, everybody, you want to go to Starla S T A R L A H U C H T O N StarlaHutchton dot com. Uh, you can also go to uh, DesignedByStarla dot com to find her stuff. And uh, any other links you want to give out, or will that get them where they need to be? Um, that should get them most anywhere that they need to be, but like they can follow me on Instagram at Starla Hutchton. I have my Starla Hutchton author page on Facebook. I have a design page on Facebook. Um, I'm at Starla Hutchton on Twitter. Right. <laughs> and we I did like Starla Hutchton. It's me. There's there's only right. one of me. Right. I hope you're not. I hope you're not mad. I I I always try to be a little helpy helperton before the show, and oh, and I made a bitly. For you, and I think I posted it on Facebook for you. I so you know what it is. If you know, anyone goes to bit.ly, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, make right the arrows. Yes. Just all all lowercase. So if you just type in that, you will go straight to the Amazon page. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking, if you want, if you have a link that you wanted to have a Bitly for, um, whatever it is, I can do one that's just um, bit.ly forward slash um, Nancy as well, because that's available. So if, if you think about it. Oh, okay. I will keep it in mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't, uh, and we didn't even get to that, but I don't want to because we got to move on. But uh, Nancy is a real thing. Look it up. Yeah. I looked it up. And I was like, that's oh, on purpose. That's very interesting. <laughs> yes, very, very, yes, very purposely chosen. That was the one that kind of scared me a little bit, but I'm glad we didn't go too crazy with that. But that was cool. That was very good. Very well used. I, I, I approve. <laughs> very well done. Not that you need my approval. I'm just saying that I do. <laughs> Right. Jeez. What? I'm, I'm serious. I, 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 you know, I'm always worried I'm going to come off preachy because sometimes people are like, oh, you're like, no, that's not me. 
game. So there's a game. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> what? So hey, it's game time with the Mythwits. I'm your game master, Peter Bryant, and on this episode, we're playing Rodeo or Nodeo. I have gathered the name of real rodeo events and included a few of my own. You'll have to guess whether this is a real event or one of the ones I made up out of whole cloth. For everyone you get right, you'll get one point. Highest point wins. However, unlike normal, because Mike is at a serious disadvantage, <laughs> we are going to give him the win if there's a tie. So, Starly, you have to actually beat him by a point to win. But but you've got the no edge, pressure, trust though. me. <laughs> you got the edge, trust me. That's... So, well, what? What? I, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for that edge. Right. Ooh, no, you don't have no. an edge. See, now I'm going to be super embarrassed if I lose because he's like going in blind to this. Like, right. Well, Mike is right. Oh, my gosh. Well, so much well, we'll see. Loss. We'll see. We'll see. It's Look, hey, you don't win or lose anything in this game other than getting the sound <laughs> played It's a matter of pride, man. <laughs> right. I got you. So good luck, y'all. It's now time for Rodeo or Nodeo. Outside. All right, so let me do. Uh, let me let me. Crap, I forgot where I put it. Oh, there it is. Okay, I right, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, and then I got the score. Mike, get off that box on the score thing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I have to. Uh, I had to pull that up there. Where I? Yeah, that would be handy. Mike's gonna keep score while I uh, while I read the questions. Uh, and then let's do this. Let's show everybody the. We we people can see the scores while we play. So, both of you are at zero at this moment. Uh, and Starla, I'm going to let you go first, uh, being, or no, yes, you're going to go first because you're the guest. Um, so here you go. Here's her first word. Hot dogging. Hot dogging. That I think is a real thing. I have heard that term. Starla? (laughs) Please let me be right. (laughs) All right. The sound thing is not working. There you go. There it is. Finally. Did you hear that? No. no. Wait a minute. <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, no. Well, you got it right. So, all right, so we don't have sounds. <laughs> yes. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Hot dogging is a spectator event that simulates wild or feral boar hunting with dogs. It requires specially trained and bred hot dogs that are used to bay and sometimes catch the hog or boar. Very good, Starla. First point goes to you. Mike? Because it wasn't real. I was like, where, where did you get your fake names from? Like Urban Dictionary? <laughs> right. No, I did not go to Urban Dictionary. For the ones I made up, I made up. All right. So, Mike? In other words, Urban Dictionary. All right. Go ahead. right. Mike? Wild cow milking. Wild cow milking. <laughs> Wild cow milking. <laughs> that is bullshit. That That is that has got to be fake. Wild cow milking. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> His face is great. <laughs> no. Wild no, cow no, milking, Mike. No, it's so fake. It's fake. Please fake? be fake. fake. Final answer. Fake. Oh, God. Wild cow milking is a rodeo event seen at mainstream and ranch radios, a team-based competition. The goal, listen to this, the goal is to catch and milk a wild cow, a semi-feral animal that is not used to being milked by people, usually a beef cattle breed, in as short a time as possible. (laughs) Catch your mother teats and hang on, brother! (laughs) 
I know. I know. All right, Starla. <laughs> Here's yours. <laughs> All right. Let's let's hear it. <laughs> Saddle bucking. That I think is real. Yeah. Is that your final answer? I don't know. Could be real. Could be fake. Because I feel like because you can do bronc riding with a saddle and without it. Mm -hmm. And I think they refer to the I'm going to say yes. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, I'm sorry, Starla. I made that one up. I I took two words from two different events. Saddle bucking made up out of whole cloth. Just smash yeah, two you, together. You got me. You got me. Sorry. Hey, I, look, I didn't have a lot to work with here. There's only so many events. I had to make them sound real. I love that right. you feel so bad. <laughs> All right. Mike? So, so Spence and her dad are in the chat room, and Spence is yelling at her dad. I just thought that was, that's funny. That's all. I'm gonna, I'm so not Mike? Gonna say Yes. Yours is camp drafting. Camp drafting? Yes, camp drafting. Camp. If it helps you, it's one word. Right. No, doesn't really help. <laughs> um, could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Lena sure loves the camp drafting event. <laughs> oh, God. Camp drafting, camp drafting. Oh no, no! I'm saying no. I'm saying bullshit. I Think was I wrong that to up? Say last time, okay. and I'm gonna say bullshit this time. Bullshit this time. All right, Mike. I'm sorry, but camp drafting is a unique Australian sport involving a horse and a rider working cattle. The Did riding style Australian? is Aus- yes, Australian stock, somewhat akin to American Western riding, and the event is similar to the American stock horse events, such as cutting, working cow horse, team pinning, and ranch sorting. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Remember in all of this that the whole rodeo started because people were taking their jobs and and making them into competitions, like who could do them the best and the fastest. So what about camp drafting again? It's a unique Australian. No, it's a, it's a a rider working cattle. Like, so a guy on a horse was all I could think was like, all right, how fast can you set up a tent? And I'm like, "Eh, no, no, that's not (laughs) dude. It's, it's basically cowboying. I think you could probably just call it cowboying. Guy well, on a horse. Cowboying, I would have said it was real. Okay, all right. And you'd have been wrong. All right, so, uh, Starla? So, shoot. Shoot dogging. Shoot dogging. <sighs> this is just so hard because they're so similar to, like, actual events. <laughs> I know. They all sound. they I And, and the ones that I made up, I, I picked as close to the sound as I could pick. It took me a little while yeah. to put this one together. Um, shoot dogging. You know what? I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to say real. It's all real. Everything is real. That is correct. Shoot dogging is a rodeo event related to steer wrestling in which the steer used uh, weights between 400 and 500 pounds. However, the competitor starts with starts the event in a rope shoot with the steer as opposed to grabbing onto the steer from horseback. That's the one where they stand. They, I think they're in the pen and they open the door. Maybe. Well, and that's bull riding. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> so yes, she got that right. <laughs> Mike, Excellent. 
two points for Starla? No. One, okay. Oh, yeah. Two points for Starla, one, zero for Mike. Mike, here's your chance. If you say dog shooting, I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> no. Hog tossing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I'll, Why go real. I'll, I'll go real. You were like, no, because <laughs> now I'll go high and he'll go low. Because oh. <laughs> I, I cannot even game theory myself out of this. What I is love it? this game. Hog what tossing. Is- Hog tossing. To- right. right. <laughs> this is why I love these sports. This is great. <laughs> Come on, Mike. What's your- oh, God. If I say it's real, I'll be completely 100% to be wrong. Like, I, I can win for losing, though. All right, I'm going to say that it's real. Okay. Say it's real. Hog tossing is real, real, real. <laughs> Hog tossing is hogwash. I made it up. Hogs are so fucking heavy. There's no way they could toss hogs around. Come on. (laughs) Sounded real though, didn't it? See? Damn it. Yeah. All right. Hey. Okay. I I am 100% wrong. Right. So far. Yes. Style up. (laughs) Chip chucking. Chip chucking. Chip you know, chucking. Oh God! Ice, Starla, but no, I just, I just <laughs> have this horrible vision of people making a competition out of throwing cow patties. <laughs> That's yes. all I can think of. Um, which I mean, people are weird and they do that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. shit. Um, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say fake. I'm gonna say fake. Starla should have trusted your instinct. <gasps> Chip chucking in the event of participants are required to throw a hardened disc-shaped piece of cow poop as far as they can. (laughs) (laughs) But you were were right. No, you were right. And you second-guessed yourself. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what that is. Uh, Ultimately, I think there's only going to be one winner of this game. And it's not you and it's not me. It's me. I love it. All right, Mike. All right, yes. Bronk Doggin. Bronk dog, <laughs> bronk doggin. Hold on a sec now. <laughs> what was there was that you just said something about the doggin. That was hot doggin. doggin. That was hot doggin. And there's hot doggin. Yep. Bronk. All right. You know what? Uh, oh. I'm 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 gonna all right on my own recognizance. I'm gonna say that that is real. However, hold on. I need to do a scientific experiment inside. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Heads, heads, it's real. Okay, right. All right. Fate says it's real as well. Okay. Bronk doggin. That is fake news. Made it up completely. <laughs> you you pulled you pulled one of those ones where you were like combining two other things. I did. I, I did. It. I thought he was. But there's bronk riding and shoot. There's all these doggings. I was like, ah, I'll just make one up. I'll just take one of the other words. <laughs> bronk, bronk. Okay, bronk doggin. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> eh, right, all right, Starla, you're up. Um, wow, I thought you know. All right, anyway, I'm uh, giving myself all my negative points. I, <laughs> I think I know four points. All right, all right, so, Starla. Rooster wrangling. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Rooster Wrangling. I hate you, Pete. <laughs> I what's wrong? <laughs> what? So there's an event that they do during rodeos. They usually do it's like at the halftime thing that they do with kids. And that's mutton busting. Which I hope that's not on your list. <laughs> because that's her thing. <laughs> um it is. You just got it. Rooster wrangling. Like I said, people are weird, but I'm like they could chase chickens around the arena. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna chickens? say chickens. I'm I'm gonna say fake and just right. oh, <laughs> Starla, very good because if you really change that around, it's cock wrangling and like really, Pete, Pete, really. <laughs> so she got that one right, Mike. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Sick. All right, so Mike, your next one. Give give Starler a point. I so would have not. I so would have said it was fake too. <laughs> All right, Mike. Mike. Yes. Goat tying. So it's uh, Starler with a positive three and me with a negative four. Now you I'm just gonna go for gonna go for negative five on this one. What is it now? Goat tying. Goat tying. Goat tying. Tim Kask played this game. He was a, he was a <laughs> him and Jay Libby. Would, no, it's like goat tying. I'm actually gonna gonna uh, gonna theorize this one. I you know <laughs> I said I love the farm. You haven't done that yet, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, you love when I do this, all right? <laughs> now I could see doing it with sheep and mm-hmm. with the hogs, right? right? We know that we know sheep hogs, but goats are just such bastards. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, because bulls I, are super nice. They're really great, <laughs> friendly. Bull tying, either. So, I'm gonna say fake. I'm gonna say fake for a reason. For reasons. Are okay, because reasons. Yeah, because reasons. Okay, Mike. I'm sorry. Goat tying is a rodeo event that is typically seen in youth, high school, and college rodeos, in which the participant rides to a tethered goat, dismounts, catches, throws, and ties any three of its legs together. Three! <laughs> three of its three legs. legs. Three. Not the fourth. You just leave that one out. Well, it's, I think it's the same rules in um, in steer roping. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. You're about to get your butt handed to you in a massive way because <laughs> Starla... Mutton busting. Oh, I <laughs> really? <laughs> All right, I'll just go ahead and give that point. Kids. Do you want yeah. me to explain it? Basically, sure. they, they they put they have these sheep that they herd into this little chute, like it's a, usually a um, um a thing that they do at their halftime. They line up these kids in these Kevlar vests and these helmets, and they have a person what? in the chute with the sheep and they it's it's kind of like it's kind of terrible like these poor kids like some of them love it but most of them come away crying um because they'll be like five and under uh and so they put the kid on the back of the sheep and basically they have to hold on for dear life as they the sheep runs out <laughs> of the chute and the longer yeah. they can hold on the more points they get but you know it's kind of you're judging little kids that are just there because their parents made them basically <laughs> 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 That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, right, that so, is Kevlar vest. Yeah, fantastic. All right, so Mike, here's your last one. Is the last one, Mike? Can you go for a perfect screw up score? <clears throat> can you get one point? Just get one point, okay? Ready? No, I'm 
He, now, he can have his tiebreaker point. I'll let him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Here's the thing. You don't know me. I will screw this up because I'm going for a perfect loss. I'll screw it up. So I'll get this one right. But go ahead, Pete. Right. Bring, okay. it, bring right. it. Trick whistling. Trick whistling. Trick whistling. <laughs> Something like that there? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Trick whistling. Ah, fuck it. I'm going to say real. I got to go with the, the true spirit. Cowboys whistling and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Mike completely made that one up. God damn it. <laughs> what? In the loving fuck. Hey, apparently I'm good. I'm good at this game. <laughs> could it make it shit up that I, uh, I, I know, right? It took me a while, dude. It This this game took me a while to put together because this isn't one of the ones where I could pull off a list of somewhere else. I actually had to do that. I was like, God, how am I going to do? I want to do something with the rodeo because, you know, because Starla put that in her thing. And I was just like, that'd be such a fun game to play. What am I going to do? And then I started looking at the events. And I was like, God, I can't say bull wrestling because yeah or, or you know bull riding obviously i had to pick ones that weren't obvious enough and then i was like where am i gonna get fake ones and i was just like i don't know let's see i'll just you know i'll just put on my yeehaw and i'll be like hey trick whistling you know <laughs> don't I'm actually a little surprised i thought maybe you would go for like the names of bulls um, oh because there's some weird ones out there um oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh hey you know we didn't get on this but i, I do want to ask you just real quick what are your what are your thoughts on on because you said you had opinions about you know the bull riding and stuff like that and i know i saw some stuff online where some people are a little bothered by you know the treatment and stuff and I, you've probably read this and i'm sure you're pretty like have thoughts on that what, what do you think is it is it is it okay you think so so in in the book i talk about you know they've gone away from they they use like robot animals now with you powered by ai um but now like if you watch pbr like and you listen to they, they just had a bull a few months ago called uh, pearl harbor passed away <laughs> right. these this animal was treated like a king like lives better than 90 percent of the world probably um if you're looking at rodeo events that are like you know not the professional circuit um, like your, your back alley rodeos, then I think there's some question as to how the animals are treated. But when you're talking about like PBR, they're always very conscious. They put guys on a clock so that those bulls don't stay in that shoot too long because they're worried about the health of the animals and not yeah. making sure that they don't get hurt. Right. Um, so, I mean, like anything else, there's people out there that will ruin it. Obviously. Right. Of course. Always. Always. Um, but yeah, I was actually talking to my uh, my eight year old. He came down while I was watching rodeo, and he's like, "Doesn't that hurt them?" I was like, "No, this is this is how the cowboys, you know, this is how they did their jobs, and uh, they're very careful not to hurt these animals because if you're hurting the animals, you're not doing your job, right? Because the whole point is to raise healthy cattle so you, that you can you know sell them and stuff later. If you're hurting right. your animals, then you know right. <laughs> you're obviously losing profit. Nobody wants that." And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you also got to think about like, you know, because I think about this stuff from time to time where it's like, you know, they people have their dogs work in the field with them or like if I go, you know, if I go to work and I have to leave my dog at home all day and I feel bad, I'm just kind of like, well, I'm going somewhere where I don't want to be all day and I'm doing activities that I don't particularly want to do all day a lot of times. Not always. I like my job, but, you know, there are days when you're paid to do things you don't really want to do, but it's got to get done. And I'm like. The animal, I mean, how's an animal any different? You know, they're working for a living. They get fed. They get taken care of. As long as they're not treated cruelly, they got to work for a little bit. 
You know, and maybe the job's a little rough, but you know what? We all work rough jobs too. Sometimes you, know, some of us work some really rough jobs. Yeah. Um, At least you're not Mike Rowe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, seriously, well, no, I, yeah. I promise you that the bulls of the PBR have it much easier and get hurt way less than the actual writers. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You take what a hundred and say one hundred and seventy, eighty pounds versus you know like a ton of animal mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, 1700 to 2000 pounds yeah, yeah crushed yeah. knees against the gates and torn right. acl shoulder injuries wrist injuries like everything gets hurt <laughs> right right i'm, I'm sure the, the, the cowboys need more medical attention than, than, the, oh, yeah. than the bulls do yeah. yeah absolutely fantastic okay good good i kind of felt the same way <laughs> i bullfighting is bullshit but that I, rodeos yeah. are cool that right. that we can agree on yes yeah 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 excellent all right we'll start with thanks What's that? Running with the bulls? No. I don't like that either. I don't like running with the bulls. Mm. I think the yeah, animals are, are terrified. I not a fan. Not a fan nope. of it. Me neither. I think that's a lot of mental anguish on those animals. Um, and I don't know what they do with them at the end because I don't really watch it because I don't like it. But uh, I, you know, I agree. I think rodeo is like they're working. They, that's their job. Yeah. And uh, you know, like like when you take a dog out to the field to run animals around shepherds and stuff, they're just working. All right, fantastic. Well, Starla, thanks for joining us. Great show. Um, we're so happy to have you back, and uh, you're you're always welcome to come back anytime you want. Um, well, thank I hope you, you had a good time. So much for uh, letting me invade your space again. This was this was a lot of fun. I had a great time. Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on. I got one question. One question before we go. <laughs> oh my so, god. Okay. <laughs> so when is an appropriate amount of time for a book release to then start talking about? Like, when would you feel like, comfortable to start actually talking about the plot and the book itself? Like. Oh man, um, God, I'm, I would have to give it at at least a month or two. Some people read really slow. <laughs> right. That's fine. All right. So, in other words, in uh, Pete, when is our when is our uh, when do we go on our break? Our fifth uh, season break, dude. Yeah, December. All right. So, I I would like to propose that we have Starla back on, okay. uh, and when we can actually do a plot discussion on the book. Because, hey, I love having Starla on, and I need to redeem myself on the game. And (laughs) uh, no, I I just think that that would be cool. So, what do you say? Like a Mythwits book club? (laughs) (laughs) Mythwits reads. You know what? We could we could do something like that. Maybe we could have. um, Maybe we could also do like a. Maybe an author's roundtable or something. Have a couple authors come on and talk about their books and like get into depth with discussions about plots and stuff and how you get where you are and and like troubled troubled spots and you could actually talk about examples that way. Uh, would you be up for that? What do you think? Sure, I'm up for anything. All right, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, obviously, obviously. All right, cool, cool, fantastic. All right, everybody, go buy Starless stuff. Seriously, this book was fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it was uh, if you do the audiobook, I mean, I highly recommend that. I'm an audiobook person, and as audiobooks go, it was a very enjoyable listen. Um, they, you know, some authors are better than some readers, rather. Uh, some readers or narrators are better than others, and Starla is fantastic. You're really, really fantastic. And I'm not just saying that because you're on my show. I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly believe that. So, Starla is cool peeps. So if you see her at a con, please go up and say hi. Yep. I promise I don't bite. Unless you ask nicely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. With that, everybody, 
You've just enjoyed another awesome episode episode of The Mythwits. We're live on Facebook, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Please ask our guests questions or just banter with the other Mythfits. If you've missed our live show, you can always catch the Encore episodes on Facebook or YouTube. Find us at Mythwits.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as Mythwits. If you don't have time for videos, make sure to subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcatcher. Mike, we're getting a lot of listeners lately. It's fantastic. Do the like, follow, subscribe thing wherever it's appropriate, and make sure to share your favorite episode on social media to help spread Mythlet's love over the entire planet. And hey, we don't ask for this. We haven't been asked for this for a while now, but I, you know, I'm going to try and push it a little bit more again. Leave us a review on iTunes if you should. If you if you're feeling generous and you want to give yeah. out some stars, we we would like some stars. Uh, Mythwits is a Creative Commons product. Like and share it in all the places. Just don't edit it. Don't sell it. And uh, you know, don't put it on the back of a bronking bull. Mythwits oh, is part of the TSR podcast. Oh, Mythwits is part of the TSR Podcast Network. Check out TSRPN for more cool shows and make sure to check out our parent company, Aetherforge.com, for more cool stuff on our mailing list. Hey, game school in like uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three days, new episode, season two premiere. Uh, Spence, who's in the chat room, and uh, James JC. Um, have, have been doing a fantastic job and they have their first episode coming up and it's fantastic. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Tell your friends to tune in and until next week. Hey, it's the Mythwits mascot. She's back just for a, a one week engagement only. I'm watching oh, the boy. bird. Oh, the bird. Hey, Give bird. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and 